You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. The Bible says they were both naked. Man and his wife. Everybody say naked. Say naked. Now, when you read chapter 3, the situation quickly changed. The Bible says, the serpent said to the woman, if you eat, you will be like God. And she ate, and she found herself elsewhere. The Bible said that they were aware that they were naked. And they began to sow fig leaves to cover themselves. Now, as if that was not enough, in the cool of the day, as God was walking in the garden, that's just chapter 3, as he was walking in the garden, he said, Adam, where the Bible said that they heard the sound of God walking in the garden and they hid themselves among trees. Real Christianity is that chapter 2. Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 are the only chapters in the Bible that are perfect chapters. Showing God's original plan before the fall of man. Are you with me? So they are, or maybe they are not the only, but what you can look at some chapters of some things. But everything Jesus did, he did it to fallen men to help them. But before the fall, these two chapters were written to show God's perfect plan. And one of the major plans is that we should be naked and not be ashamed. And we have to go deep into this. Why do people get into trouble? One of the reasons why I'm preaching this is that before the fall, before people go astray, before people get into trouble, there are warning signals. And many times, when you need help and you don't cry for help, you begin to sink. So in Matthew 14, if you start from 29 and 30, Jesus was walking on water, and Peter said, If it be thou, Lord, command me to walk. And Jesus said, Come. As Peter stepped out to walk on water, the Bible says he began to walk. Then he saw the wind. When he saw the wind, he began to sink. And as he was sinking, the Bible says he cried out, Lord, help me. And Jesus lifted him. Now, this is the point, And this is where we start from. Jesus saw that Peter was sinking. He did not reach out his hand. Jesus saw that the water was about to get the guy. He did not reach out his hand until Peter cried for help. When he cried for help, God helped him. Oh, somehow, human beings love to hide. Just like Adam, we love to appear as if we are stronger than we are. You know the number of Christians who are battling with pornographic stuff? Masturbation. You know the number of Christians, Christian men about to fall into the hands of a strange woman? Listen to me very well and I, I will, of course, I'll, I'm going to continue. The day I was talking about Uriah to you guys, and if you have read it very well, 2 Samuel chapter 23, when we were talking about the mighty men of David, they listed Uriah's name there. But the story started from 2 Samuel chapter 12. If you have read very well, the king gave two instructions concerning Uriah. The king gave two instructions concerning Uriah. He came from the battle. The king tried to set him up. But he wouldn't be set up. The guy was such a faithful soldier, so faithful a man. And you can be a faithful person, but this can actually be a problem. So faithful that his heart was on the battle. 
So David said, all right, how are you? Oh, I was about to find. He said, go home, go home. I will talk to you tomorrow. I have an errand I want to send you to send through you tomorrow. Uriah stepped out of the king's palace and slept at the door. So they told David that Uriah didn't go home. So David, you know, he has slept his wife, with his wife and they wanted to make it look like it was Uriah who impregnated her. So the king invited him. Said, they said, you did not go home. He said, sir, why should I go home? Other soldiers are in the battle fighting. He said, my lord. Oh, the guy was so concerned about other soldiers. Number two, he had so much respect. He didn't say, my boss drop. He said, my lord drop at the battlefield. Then he said, the ark of covenant of God is there. And I should go home to go and eat. And I said to my wife, he said, God forbid. Ah! David said, this one cannot be cajoled. And the Bible said, they made him to get drunk. He was drinking. The king was drinking with him. They made him to get drunk. And he was drunk. Even in his... Oh, what a man. I pray that this loyalty and this faithfulness will enter many Christians. The guy staggered out of the palace and still didn't go home. Even in his drunk state, he still repeated the same thing that other soldiers are fighting. And David said, we need to kill this guy. Out of anger. Because nothing would work. This one would not get home. Can you be so loyal to Jesus Christ that this is the state of your heart? He said, no, I'm not going. So the king gave him his own execution letter to go and deliver. But two instructions are on the letter, or when the letter, can you see, give me like, in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Next verse. And he wrote a letter saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle. And that means two things, right? Retire from him. This is where on this point, I just want to stop the first time. But listen very well. Uriah did not die because he was fighting at the hottest spot of the battle. What killed Uriah was not the first instruction. He was a mighty man. He was qualified to fight at the forefront of the hottest battle. So, in life, there are battles. And battles of life are in categories. Hear me, everybody. There are battles you can fight by your prayer life by yourself, but there are battles that you need a company to fight. See, I hear. Can I hear loud amen? So in Acts chapter 4, when they were threatened, the Bible said they went back to their own company. There are some threats that you will handle by yourself. There are some threats you need to get back to your company. If you don't have company, you are in trouble. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 10, woe unto him that is alone. Is somebody with me? Are you following me? So, it is not good for man to be alone was the first statement after be fruitful, multiply. The first thing. So God spoke to man. The first conversation between God and man. He told man, be fruitful. So God blessed man. That was the first conversation or the first word because man didn't speak bad. That was the first word or those were the first words that God spoke to man. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue and have dominion. Then God followed with the second one. It is not good for man to be alone. And when you want to know how important something, you have to check at the beginning. So at the very beginning, in the beginning of beginnings, all that God started with man, he first told the man, I bless you. He followed it by, don't be alone. So King Solomon saw that and he said, that woe unto him that is alone. Let's, let's read that Proverbs 4, so Ecclesiastes 4, from 10. I think we should even start from 9. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Is somebody following me? Are you getting me this morning? Oh, Lord Jesus. Some things I say, I feel, I feel like repeating. Say, see, there are... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Two are better than one because they are good reward for their labor. Verse 10. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. So there's a possibility of him falling. But the Bible says, Woe unto him that is alone. When he falleth, he has none other to help him. So David understood this. That was how he killed Uriah. He said, Tell Uriah to go and fight in the hottest part of the battle might not be a problem. If Uriah fought there with other valiant men, he wouldn't be in trouble. Some men were already fighting there. So it was not the first instruction that killed Uriah, it was the second one. He said, when you set him up at that battle, everybody withdraw from him. No matter how mighty you are as a man of valor, if you are fighting the hottest battle of your life and people withdraw from you, thou shalt fall. You know, we don't like to talk about things. How are you? I'm fine. Very fine. Hallelujah. When the church of Jesus Christ receives enough light, somebody will be able to say that, you know what? The way I look at my PA now, I feel like every time I look at her, I just feel like sleeping with her. You can, they, do you have a company that you can be open like that? that guys, I, I told them, a pastor that told me some years back, Years have come and gone now. He's still standing and doing well. He came to my office at Mr. Big, at Big Tree. Very handsome young man. He said, you know what? He's honestly, when he said, some of these ladies, because he started pastoring very early. Some of these ladies, I raised them up. They were in school when I led them to Christ. I said, but now they are mature women. They are beautiful. They are working out. He said, when I see them, I just have an erection. He said, they are greeting me. He said, some, after they used to jump and greet. He said, but now when they jump, something else is jumping under me. <laughs> and we just share one or two things. Years have come and gone. He has not had anything with any woman. He spoke out. When you want a seed to grow, you insert inside the soil and cover the soil. If you don't cover the soil, it will not grow. When Satan sows a seed in person's life, adultery seeds, or when he sows them, when you don't cover them up, they will not grow. It is when you cover. That's the Bible said that covered it to say shall not prosper. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Are you following me? This is very, very important. Oh, yesterday I was listening to Pastor Bodge, who was preaching my brother's church, they were camp with him. And such a fantastic message. And one of the things he taught us to do, he taught us to read. Go and study the word righteousness under New Testament and check the Hebrew Greek of the word righteousness. All of them don't mean the same thing. Because it is very easy for people to get their theology wrong. And you hear something like, Jesus has done everything, we have nothing to do. And every day I see people coming out with those things. It will rob Christianity of its power. So I told one guy, in that case, then don't pray again. Don't even go to church again. The pastor was preaching, I said, so why are you asking people to come to your church? If they don't have to do anything again, they are perfect and everything. Let them just sit down. I said, Paul, your mentor say, I follow, I follow if I might attain, if I might attain. And you have said there is nothing to attain to. Don't be stupid. Somebody said, is it that? He says, it's a problem of foolishness or a problem of English. You are following Paul. He's striving to attain. He's talking about, he used the word strive many times. You are saying that we are not, there's nothing we are fighting, we are not doing anything. You know, it's a mess that's just going on. And because people don't, let me say this to everybody. You cannot get the right theology by listening to one person. That's the truth. 
Theology is deep. Doctrine is deep. You have to listen to those who speak this way. Listen to those who speak this way. Read very well. You will understand some things. But once you are one-sided, you veer off. That's the truth. We'll get to that when we start answering questions on Sunday. But we'll get into that. Because you know, I feel sorry for a lot of people. Some of them are my, they are my friends when we're in school. And you just see some things they just say. And what they listen to one person. And they come up, this is it. The revelation of God is too big to be given to one man. Peter, James, and John were not the same. And I told the person, if you pick Paul and leave the rest, you are wrong. Paul, the Bible says all scriptures are given by not all Pauline scriptures, all scriptures. This is Paul talking. This is all my all scriptures. All. They are given. So when you read Paul, read James, read John, God put them together. A table has four legs. He made four of them to write the major part of the New Testament for a reason. And if you check the same thing, the gospel, you have, Mark, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four. There's a reason. There's something God is trying to tell people. Four priests bought the ark. Some of these guys don't know. Just talk trash. I watch some on TV. Immediately I talk, I just see that. That's why listen around so that you don't get deceived. Listen very well. And listen to an average of two or three messages per day. Listen very well so that you don't get deceived. That's the truth. Amen. One day I was talking to the one that we don't. I just asked that the Bible says, we are, we are perfected. I said, okay. So why did Paul say that? Having therefore this promise, let us, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of spirit and of, when he saw it, his eyes popped out like popcorn. I said, go back to your teacher. Tell him that he's an illiterate. He doesn't know the Bible. This is Paul talking that let us cleanse ourselves. Didn't Jesus clean us? Why is Paul talking about this? Say to your neighbor, we have, work to do. we have work to do. But it is based on what Christ has done. But we have work to do. Are you with me? Yes, Amen. He said, perfecting no less in the fear of God. And some people say that I don't fear God. <laughs> Paul said, knowing the terror of God, we persuade all men. They said, God is good. There's nothing wrong that can come from him. Really? Paul spoke to the Bible. So he said, wrought has come from God upon them. And it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. How can people know more than Abele wrote yesterday, and I think it's very precise, the way some people are going, they will start correcting the Holy Spirit. Because there is a kind of gospel, they want the gospel to look like what they want to say. God is good. Emphatically, yeah, that is the gospel. But to say that God judges no man, it's a stupid thing to say. And it is very unscriptural. Very, very unscriptural. When they ask someone that, oh, why the Nile Safara died? Hebrew Greek we start. You see this one, this one, and you see, like one of them said, First John, if you confess as it's not written to Christ, they start all that. But when they pick the one, they say, hey, that's what the Bible is saying. Then they, they start adjustments. And I, I enjoy the debate. I laugh at how ignorant some people can be. Because they are trying to create a God that suits what they want it to be like. Oh, God is good. You know, God is just good. God is just good. And ask somebody that didn't you read that Paul spoke about the chastisement of God. What is it? He cannot define it. God is a father. Apostle Paul said, We have earthly father. When you sin, they correct you. Our heavenly father will also correct you. He will. He does not correct with sickness and disease, but there are some things he will permit. He might not be the one bringing there, but he will permit. He corrects. If God notices that you are going through a wrong door, he will shut the door because he's a father. Your son cannot be saying that I want to eat chocolate and ice cream every day. You can do, and that's all he feeds on. You will, you'll be an irresponsible father. 
to say that. No. Sometimes, say, Father, you bring out your belts in the name of love. But let's leave them. <laughs> Are you following me? <laughs> oh, yeah, Lord Jesus. You know, one of these things, this, this, this tears me apart in the sense that I just noticed that there are so many things that people say and that um, um, it is true that the church might have been too religious for a long time. People saying things that are scriptural. Kenneth Higgins said, he captured this very well. As, as soon as God corrects us on one side, we go to the other side, to the extreme. And the only way to be balanced, and I told one of them, they called me, if I want to call me an apostle of balance. It's all this, all the pastor, you're always saying that you should balance. I said, that's it, that is the truth. Again, taught me that stand at the middle of the road. Don't go to any extreme. You will do well. Just stand at the, just don't go to any extreme. And the way to is that listen to everybody. A.W. Toza. Men who were deep. A.W. Toza, I, I grew up under word of faith. Those people told me one day, listen to everybody, not only word of faith. I know a lot about holiness move. And I read from the preachers. I know where to say I cannot follow this. I listen to prayer movements. As long as the Spirit of God walks mightily through these people, there's something to learn from them. It might not be all. So don't, don't just make it one-sided. Learn from all. Amen. If the Lord is teaching the church about grace, he did not say that, learn grace now and reject every other time. That's what Brennan are doing. There's a reason if we look at God, he has systematically built the church. Holiness is important. Faith is important. Love is important. Grace is important. Learn to live, grow with all of them. That's the truth. I didn't get that. Yes, Amen. Yes, so many erroneous. Anyway, <laughs> are you following me? What led me to that thing, Seth? Man, so... The second instruction killed Raya. The Bible says, warn to him that he's alone. No matter how strong you are. This is the problem. And if you want to have a company that can pray with you, the rule of the day is transparency. Do you have a company that you can talk to and be open? Do you have somebody? Sometimes a Christian man comes home to tell his wife, I don't know why. When I look at this, and the wife will go, I told you this story, but this is pathetic. The man was having an affair with his secretary, and after a while, he repented that this is wrong. It lasted about six months or so. He fired the secretary because he repented and gave her one year's salary in advance. After about three years of living clean and working with God, a preacher came to preach in their church one day and told them that you must tell your wife. He talked about not covering things. Like I'm saying, today. <laughs> now I'm not saying tell someone. So I'm just saying, like, so he got home and in the night woke up his wife and told the wife that you know what? When you asked me the other time that why did the secretary go? I lied to you that she misbehaved and I fired her that she did not misbehave. We're having an affair. I listened to a message and I found that it was wrong. I stopped it. And I told her to go because the Bible says that I causes you to sin, pluck it, and not that I pluck your physical. I cut off an opportunity. So I told her to go. And he said, but that was three years ago. I've not had anything with any other woman since then. I've been living clean. The wife listened. By that, the guy woke up the following morning. She had left. Packed her bag in the middle of the night and left the house. Now you ask that. So people, do they want being told the truth? Maybe it would have been better not to have told her anything. Are you following me? If some men can't, if some men should, if some, even some of you listening to me, your husband should come on to say that, you know what, I don't know why. When I see this lady, something is, 
Some Christian women will pretend for the first five minutes. They will encourage him. But shortly after that, they start nagging and make you feel sorry for saying that thing. Questions will start ringing their heart. Am I not fine? That's not what we are saying. You are fine. <laughs> we are just saying that somebody is asking for your help. If he wanted to do it, he wouldn't tell you. Now that he's telling you, why don't you help? The way some women are still looking at me. <laughs> As if in their heart of heart, they are thinking that this one, no, you, you, <laughs> you, you will help. Hallelujah. Do you have a company? As soon as they presented the death warrant to all the wise, for all the wise men, they, they brought it out for all the wise men to be executed in Babylon. Daniel called Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bible says his company. And they prayed for the God of heaven. Men and brethren. Oh, Peter prayed many times in the Bible. But this time around, they tread that called in, in Acts chapter 4. They came back to their brethren and said, Brethren, let us pray. Do you have brethren? Or you are like Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Woe unto him that is alone. Even Uriah, as great as he was when he was alone, he died like a common person. I don't think the guy lasted one hour in that battle when others withdrew from him. Oh, men and brethren, you need brethren. Jesus, the, our perfect example, in the garden, all along, Jesus prayed alone. He prayed alone. He prayed alone. Luke Mark chapter 1, the Bible says, a great while before the day, after healing many people, disciples left, he woke up alone to go and pray. Several he prayed alone. When he met the woman by the well in John chapter 4, he sent disciples to go and get food. When they came back, they met him talking alone with the woman. But when it was time to go to the cross, he opened up his heart. He said, men and brethren, there is sorrow here. He said, watch and pray. And when he didn't pray, he came back, he said, can't you watch with me for one hour? All I'm asking you, friends, is that one hour, one hour. That was all that. So there were battles. Jesus handled straight away. But there was a situation. He needed disciples to pray, but they disappointed him. But at least he called them that come and pray. He said, This is the hour of darkness, and I need you. But then they disappointed him. Then they took care of himself. While, they were, while he was praying, they were sleeping. May you not have people like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They were sleeping. Do you have brethren? Oh, this is deep. We will continue along this line for a while. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, help us. This message is deep. There might be people listening to me now. You are oh, getting, getting down. Shortly after I spoke on Sunday, somebody sent me a message because I just mentioned on ways I will talk about this and all of you that were here on ways I spoke a little about this and somebody just sent me a message straight away. That I'm a married woman, and this and this, I have been inserting stuff into myself. Why do, you know, many things happen to people, but you just wait. You are sinking like Peter, but you are not crying for help. You are in the hottest part of the battle, like Uriah, and you are not asking. What you are covering, when it happens eventually, everybody will know anyway. Why don't, you, why don't you call for help to abort it right now? An average Christian has something that is dealing with that is sinking his soul, yet is quiet about it. Don't want to talk to anybody. Because in the church, like Adam and Eve, we sow fig leaves and we cover ourselves. We don't want anybody to know about what is going on. I have seen women being beaten to death by their husband and they will lie to their friends that I had an accident when they see wounds on them. 
And you begin to wonder that, don't you have somebody that you can trust and open up? A friend of mine, one pastor, he did this. The first thing they did with the associates, said, all of us, we need to enter the level of brotherhood. And this is the church that the open door is said before. The Bible said, unto the church in Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, I have said before you an open door. Philadelphia means brotherly love. That's what you see in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. So the meaning of the word Philadelphia is brotherly love. So Jesus was saying that unto a church that has entered the level where if, you, if I tell you that I'm a killer, if I tell you that I'm in the choir with you by a cocaine pusher, it does not reduce the love and the respect you have for me. But you join me in praying. And you don't look at me the other day because really, I am still under the blood of Jesus and I'm covered. You don't begin to look at me and start saying that. If I tell you that, you see, one of the things why, one of the why we do this is our reputation. Somebody feels that I'm a pastor. He's watching pornography there and I cannot tell anybody because they will look at him somehow. When the fruits of what you are sowing comes out, everybody will know. But honestly speaking, when we teach this, everybody has to grow together so that we can help one another. Let me say, confess your fault one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. James 5, 17. Let's read. The reason why when we pray for one another, things don't happen is that many times, you are praying for your friend to get your struggle. Many times, there are things, that cloud between the two of us. And so that scripture is violated. No, verse 18. Sorry. I want to know where it says, verse 16. Go, go, to, go to 16. 16. Confess your fault one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Can now say the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man? When I saw it, it occurred to me that one of the reasons why our prayers are not effectual is that we don't first of all confess fault to one another. There are things we hide from ourselves. There are things we hide. You are my brother, you are my friend. I am beginning to send silent messages to some funny girls. I am beginning to jail for them and you are in my house for three hours in the night. We are eating together talking and I am not telling you. Even as we are talking, I still responded to a message. Hey, babe, how are you? And you are my brother. We are in the same church together in the morning because you have come to sleep in my house. In the morning, we are going to hold hands and pray together in the morning. But this thing is going on in my life and I am not telling you until you now hear that I've done something, this or that. You know, many things going on. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? Even some people, when the Spirit of God leads you to talk to them, I say like, excuse me, this is what they will deny it. I've seen that in, among many Christians. Some people feel like they become weak when you know something about them. So somebody said, oh, brother, I was told that this is going on in your life. Say, ah, no, no, ah, no, no. Not my sin. That, that cannot happen to me. Why? This is today's message. This is the beginning of what we are getting into. Hallelujah. Are you fighting a very odd battle? Are you alone? Even in the church of Christ, some don't have money and they cannot tell anybody. For how long will you fight alone? When the Bible says one to him that is alone, for how long? If you say, I don't have anybody I can trust, that's the point. The Bible says that must have friends or show himself friendly. It begins with two, opening up and building that relationship. But this is a church that we trust God that is taking us to that point. This is my pastor. He told his friend, okay, we are going to take communion. He said, because we are going to make communion one another today that we will not betray ourselves. He said, I'm the senior pastor. If you are not happy with me, you'll be able to look at me at the face and tell me. And he said, but you won't go behind me 
and be saying things. I know they will, and he said that if I saw all of you, I'm telling you that if I know something, let me tell you the truth. He first of all told all the associates, he said, look, if you're already doing something wrong, if you tell me, let me tell you, number one, we are not stepping you down as the pastor. Because people also are afraid of what will happen to them, their level. So they close up. Oh, I'm a pastor, I'm a director. What if they know I still do this? If they know I have done this, what's going to happen? Hallelujah. It has happened a few times. I've had friends who told me. Somebody one day was talking to a lady and he didn't know, not that he didn't know, he knew. He just kissed her. And after that, he's conscious, why did I do that? And then he mentioned it to another friend. Because they just prayed, he said, no, no, no. And it has been over eight years now. No something. No. Somehow, when you expose this thing, the power is destroyed. Why you cover? Are you cover? And you don't want to tell anybody. It's not a call to say meet anybody and start saying things. No, I'm just saying that you need a group that you fight together with. That's what I'm saying. Like I've shown you from out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, that some battles cannot be fought alone. When you have people, and this man told all this, he said, if it means when we see a wrong gear around you, he said, none of us will betray, none of us will expose, none of us will say anything. We will be praying for you, but together we will be, we will be checking you. When we see this gear around you, we will drive the gear away. That was called brotherhood. We make it look like, you see, girl, no. Our friend is not your friend again. When you say you are coming to his house, we, we too will come to his house. So let's sit together and see what will happen. Within a short time, the, the girl left. I mean, this is, we cannot lose our brother. That's what, you come back from home, you've lost, you've lost your job. There are two or three friends who can come and sit down in your bedroom on the bed with you and pray for about one hour with you and say, brother, in 24 hours, another job will come. Do you have a company like that? Hallelujah. Say, you know, I'm a Christian. I heard not to do this, brother, but I'm still doing this. I need help. And they join you. Okay, no, don't worry. No, no, no problem. No problem at all. And it's not the kind of brother that will leave your house and be like, ah, you know what he told me? <laughs> that that guy, can you imagine? Seven women in four days. This is serious. One guy told me about two years ago, people see him every day now. You don't know the person, so I, I mean, about him being a gay. And he just said, Pastor, I don't want this. And the Lord led me to pray in a particular way, and that was it. Now he's a worker here. He's doing for two years. I've come and go. He's doing well. Before he was hiding it, and it was. But then he just spoke up and he's delivered. I mean, straight away. I went there for about seven weeks. I asked him again. I said, I said no, not again. And now it's over about two years now. Not again. Not again. Confess your fault one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. Why are we not getting healed? It's not about physical healing. It's talking about healed. Situation changing. Because we don't confess our faults one to another. You have somebody to agree with you in prayer, but you have not told. Agreement will exist when there is perfect agreement. All men that are here, if you want to have to agree on it, you have to be very open and plain. Shall we rise? Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. 
Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.